Welcome back to 512 Wednesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick Davis always bringing us the local artists that you can find right here in the 512. He'll let you know who they are and where they are performing. Patrick, who is this and where can they go check them out? This is Ray Prim, and he is going to be playing part of that big benefit Sunday at the Railhouse in Kyle. There it is. Man, that's ooh, this is smooth too right here, Buck. This it reminds is. you of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That right it does. Here. The old folks' home. That's the stuff my mom would be playing on Sunday morning. Oh, my goodness. Mine, too. When I'd I be skipping wait. church. My mom is in town, and I can't wait to go hang out with her so she can give me a hard time playing all this music right here. Oh, I just, if you got your mama, that is special, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Mine's been gone for a couple years now. I miss her so much. And these are the times that you definitely oh. miss her because of that. Holidays. This is, this is the first time that m- my mom, both of my sisters, my nieces, and my nephews, I get to spend Thanksgiving with them all together for the first time in like yeah, six years. That is awesome. My mother-in-law, yeah. my wife has gone to Idaho to see her mother. Her mother's 95 years old. Okay. And, you know, I generally, I would be making that trip, but somebody has to do the do the animals. That's my job this time. But she took her daughter and their two-year-old. And I said, nah, I don't need to have anything to do with that two-year-old right now. <laughs> and plus, your mom is 95, and she still drives, and I don't want to have nothing to do what? with that. Oh, yeah. 95 and still driving? Yeah, and she doesn't let you drive the car. She doesn't let you drive her car. No way. And I'm like, I'm not going to be deceased over the holidays <laughs> in the back seat with your mom. I said, I've been in a car with her, oh, and she makes goodness. those wide old people turns, those wide ones, like she's in the other <laughs> she, lane to make a turn. She's swerving oh. through the lane, Dude, Wait, swinging like, that so thing. Is she, is she the old that drives 90 or the old that drives 20? She's the one old that drives 20 Okay, up there in living. Idaho, and I mean, right? I mean, where she, where they drive around is the Columbia River, ain't but so far for the car to trip over and go into the Columbia River. I'm like, no. I'm Someone like, to nudge her off when she's in the way. It's like, come on, guys, please, the beat. Come I, on, move. I've only, you know, I've only been there a couple times since when I got married to my wife. But every time her, her mom says, you know, she's and she's one of those talkers. Like, if you're driving, telling you how to get to places, like you've never been, like you never drove a car before yourself. But when she's driving, dude, it is like. I'm sitting in the back and I'm going. Let me just stay at the house. Why don't y'all? Y'all like y'all? This is your town, right? You, you got your hand on that handle the <laughs> oh, whole time. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! But she's loving life. She's doing good at 95. That's awesome. As fact that she's still driving. It may be 20, but she's driving 20 miles an hour, Buck. But it's freezing up in Idaho, so she probably needs to drive. No, she don't need to drive. <laughs> she she's more suited to walk where she needs to go. So I we, dig that. You've been there. You've been to Idaho. I've been to Idaho quite a few times, and uh, it's not popular with the brothers. Livingston and I believe that's beauty. where Rod's uh, wife is from. She's from Idaho, too. Yeah. yeah, she's from that area, too. But let's get into it. We're going to talk a little bit of this Texas uh, preview as they take on the Baylor Bears Friday at 11 a.m. kickoff. Senior day. Buck, you've been a part of these senior days as yes. a player, and you've also been a part of it as a coach. So I want to get your thoughts on that. A loss but, as a player. A, lots as a player. I lost that my senior day. You lost that. Yeah, oh, I never, wow. and I never forget that. That that's an awful feeling. Your, your last college game, you right? Know, at home, there is no tomorrow. Oh, no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. So let's talk about that a little bit because I look at this game as the Texas Longhorns take on the Baylor Bears, and at the very beginning of the season, we all were talking about the trenches for Baylor. Where they were going to be strong at was going to be in the trenches. That was going to be the biggest part of their success as they go 
uh, as both lines go, is what Baylor's going to do. But this year, Baylor wasn't the team that we thought they were going to be. I think they turned the ball over a little bit too much. They're 6-5, and 4-4 and four in the uh, Big 12 Conference. They've lost two straight games. They're 3-3 three and three at home, 3-2 three and two on the road. So as you look at this Baylor Bears team and you look at what Texas was able to do last week, was last week for the Baylor Bears one of those games where they're not going to be able to come back from that tough defeat, that walk-off defeat on their home field? Or is this something that they are going to rally at because they know that Texas is trying to play for something that they can contr- that the only thing they control is that game, but do you think that they're going to be able to come back and really charge themselves back up to be able to face well, they're the not, Texas long You know, they're defending champs, and it's hard to, you know, the champs don't like to lose. Right. They, they really, really don't. That game hurt them last week, that fire drill at the end with TCU, because they outplayed them during the course of the game. They, they really did, but they just don't have those dynamic wide receivers like they used to. One's in the NFL, I guess with the Patriots, winning the second or third mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got two secondary guys that are, that are playing in the NFL. Yep. They've got some, still got some brutes on, on the defensive line, but that leadership from, from Petrie and those guys that they had last year, they're missing a little bit of leadership, and you can tell that. But offensively, there's not – I mean, I, I like the running back. I like the big kid, but yeah. I do really like the freshman. I think he's going to be somebody special. But I like to coach. That, yeah. that quiet dude can coach defense. He really can. So if you're not prepared and you're willing to give up the run and say, okay, we want to throw the ball – He's going to do the same exact thing that TCU did. They're, they, they're going to try to stop. They're going to do everything they can to stop Bijan on a nasty day. You know, right. they're, they're going to hit him, hope he fumbles, try to take the ball from him, cause turnovers that way. But if, if Texas wants to spend their time throwing the football into that secondary, that, that's going to be fine with Dave Aranda. They, they just don't want Bijan Robinson to get 34 carries and 214 yards on you. To win a game, so they're going to say, "Well, we're, we'll do the same exact thing TCU did. Put it in the hands of your young quarterback, and can he get it done, or will he get it done?" So I, I think that'll be it. But they'll be up to the task defensively. But for Texas, the way they've been playing run defense right now, that those up front guys, I think this is not just an aberration. I think this is something that is going to be long lasting. Right. Whether 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 the guys graduate and leave, and Coburn and Sweat and those guys leave, I think now I think the mindset of this Texas defense. On, on, on the on the on the front end on that defensive line, I think that's what they are. That Bo Davis now has that mindset. He's looking for players to fit that role, and it's not going to take two or three years for guys like Coburn and those guys to finally, you know, okay, now we're here. Right. We're in my senior year. We're here. I mean, I think you're going to find Texas is going to find defensive players. They're going to be ready as sophomores. You know. You know, redshirt freshmen that are going to be ready to start playing. Yeah. And I bet you'll hit a couple in the transfer portal this oh, year, yeah. too, and, to and fill gr- some yeah. fill Yeah, some yeah if those other guys year. leave, some others are going to come here that, that'll turn over that probably had even more of a killer dog instinct than them right. where they were, and they'll come into this this culture here, and it won't. this crazy little I'm in Austin culture won't bother them. They're just going to be football players. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I, think, I, think, that's where the, I think that's where the coaching is right now. So I mean, let me so let me ask you this. So when when I look at this game and how I think it's going to play out, I think both teams are going to try to run the football. Sure, we we've seen how that happened. We got a chance last week to watch um, TCU, uh, excuse me, Baylor run the ball against TCU. That team that Texas could not run the ball against. Yes, and then you get a chance to look at how Texas last week ran the ball against a team. I, I think that was, obviously, we talked about how bad that Kansas defense 
was going into the game, and they were even worse when we got a chance to actually watch them play. Right. I, I love. I like the offensive coordinator for Baylor because he got to the perimeter too. Correct. He got his big guy on the outside. Okay, if he breaks, if he breaks containment, he you bring your second. Well, you bring your secondary guys to come up and try to tackle him. He's getting right. six. Right. You know. So what? What? So what would be the game plan for both of these teams as you start to look at it? If you're the Baylor Bears, how would you attack? the Texas Longhorns in this week. The Texas defense has shown up week after week after week. They have. And they have gotten better. And you just mentioned the fact that PK and what Bo Davis has done with that defensive line has changed the narrative of the development part at the University of Texas because we've seen guys get better. You know what? And I think as much as – it kind of bothers me to say this. I think they've done a little <laughs> bit better job in the secondary with the players, too. I agree. Because I was ready to get rid of that whole gang that coached in the secondary. In the beginning of the season, I was like, dude, they need to find some secondary coaches here right, right. that can coach some guys up. But I'm watching these young guys play play in the secondary, come mm-hmm. out of the secondary and make these unbelievable plays. Jade Barron is somebody oh, that stood out to me yeah, all just, year. You run a quick screen on him, Woo! you better get it off because he's liable to take the ball. At, before, right. But he's going to make the tackle. And I mean, and the broken arm dude is is my Anthony favorite. Anthony Cook. Anthony Cook is. I mean, that dude is my favorite. That guy. <laughs> any the guys, broken arm dude. <laughs> yeah, the dudes that show up on film. I like guys that right. show up on film. Right. That are around the pile. Around the pile. They're, all the time. And, and and then you see guys that aren't around. They don't have any guys on this Texas, even in the secondary right now, that aren't around the pile. They're around. Right. They they really cover up from each other. They have nice fits. They're not the best. You know, there haven't been a lot of bombs thrown on them because teams aren't. Not, they don't have time to do that. They don't have time to do that with the right. pressure they've been getting, but right. they're still not the greatest in the one on ones, you know, but neither is Texas at getting the one on ones, the the long balls themselves. Both. both. So I, I like what they're doing better in the secondary because like I said, in the beginning of the season, I was like, dude, they need to get some coaches back there that know what they're right. doing with this secondary because you're gonna get better skill players at Texas in that secondary. Correct. But if they're not coached up right, they don't, yeah, it doesn't matter what you bring but, in. But if what they have, them up what right. they have right now is a bunch of guys that will, will give their heart and they hustle like mad. Right. Baron is, I mean, that dude watching him play. There's not many guys Man, like that. I love watching him play. He's been one of the guys. He's, he's got like great instincts. And to like the game. you said, he's always around the ball. That's why he's got an interception return, fumble for recovery, a be, be fumble recovery to the t- to the house. I mean, he's grown. So much in a short period of time, and it goes back to what we were talking about before that development stage as a football player here at the University of Texas, where people were making fun of the University of Texas oh, yeah. for not developing these guys. But we've been talking about Keandre Coburn, his growth, and what he's been able to do, his change. The NFL, uh, Reese's Senior Bowl, is looking at a player like him. Think about what Jalen Ford has become now. Dude, that dude at right the there, linebacker that position. dude is, is has been the best player on that defense. Correct. Which is it's it's hard to think of. That guy has been. You talking about instincts to the game of a of a young guy dropping in coverage and and knowing where Getting to be. Interceptions. He's, yeah. he's another one that's always around. He's the a ball. film guy too. He's always around. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Now it's not like. Deuce Vaughn ain't gonna beat him every once in a while because <laughs> right. somebody who's somebody's got skills. Gonna, Deuce is gonna beat everybody. Yeah, every I mean, once he, in a while. somebody's gonna have better skills, but there's no. I haven't seen a player on that defense with the instincts that he has. Right. You know, this is supposed to be an overshone defense. Show. All, yeah. This is supposed to be his show, but that other kid at linebacker has played really, really well. Yeah, he stepped up and, and definitely has shown up on film as you like. PK to say. is the linebacker coach, right? No, it's uh, it? Choke. Well, well, whoever's coaching the linebackers has done a fantastic job Choke, with that kid, Jeff Choke. I mean, he's done a great job with he's that. He's got some natural instincts, but some of that is coaching right there. No, no doubt. No doubt. And and 
goes back to what we've talked about before. And Rod obviously studies the film mm-hmm. all the time. And that is something that it looks like these kids are doing a lot more. But I wanted to ask you this as a former coach and someone who's been around the game as long as you have and, and understands what it's all about. Do you think that Gary Patterson's impact has helped PK and along with all the players about certain things and, and keys to the game and how their game has gotten better? Is that uh, yeah, the, of the Gary Cobras Patterson? and the sweats and those guys? I think that has a lot to do with Coach Patterson. Okay, it, it it just does. I mean, when Gary Patterson was at TCU, he just he's very similar to the coach that's at Texas Tech. He just said, if you keep punching Texas in the face, eventually they'll roll over. And that's they'll why. roll over. Yeah. And I think now, I think for for him, he's he's brought that mindset to this defensive line and what the way they treat things, and that's why they get the pressure, and that's why I mean the big tubbies are getting all over the place. They're moving better than they moved mm-hmm. last year. You know, they're playing to what their skill set really is. There's not a dynamic player, but those are, those are guys that can be in the NFL run stuffers. They've got those big kind of bodies, and they can they can make some one-on-one moves yeah. and, and get things done. I think Gary Patterson has had a lot to do with that. And I'll tell you what, at College Station, that scares me more than anything. If they decide to, to buy out that dude in College Station, yeah. Gary Patterson would go there, and the kind of recruiting that they would have would scare the hell out of anybody. So you would think that if that were to happen, if the alums got to, I mean, the the big money boosters got together and said, we want Jimbo out because the writing is on the wall that he has failed miserably and pretty much lost the locker room and lost that team, wouldn't you say? And, and, you and think where do you see all those kids are getting going, jumping the oh portal? Oh, my goodness. This is going to be. It, you don't the, think Gary the, Patterson could recruit the state of Texas? Oh, no and doubt. And be at a place it. like Texas and AM, what he would do with that defense and defensive line and those kind of players that they, they've been getting and recruiting. But do you think he? Do you think that's a place that he would want to go? Or do you think he's more of an Auburn type of guy or a Wisconsin type of guy? Do you think or he Nebraska would. Or kind of a, guy? a Nebraska kind of guy? Even though he said right now he's here to finish the task with Coach Sark. Do you think well, he would be his that agent ain't finishing the ta- <laughs> finishing his other tasks? Well, no, right. you got and there's also Matt Rules out there who's going to take one of these jobs as sure. well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I like Gary Patterson to go. He's definitely. I mean, I I find it hard to believe he's going to be back next year just because there's going to be enough offers out for him. I don't think A and M's getting rid of Jimbo this year just because the ninety four million dollars. Like that's just a lot of money to pay a guy ninety four million and then have to pay the next and guy. then have to pay the next like. Yeah. It's yeah. a big check, and then especially when you're like, man, well, we just wrote all these checks to these kids, and now they're walking out on us. Yeah, I mean, it does. It's all. It all depends on you know. Gary is you know take a step back, laid back guy. He's in Austin, Texas. His yeah. wife went to school at the University of Texas. Yeah, you know, she's uh, an Austin. She's used to being around Austin. She loves this city. You know, they still got a home up in Fort Worth area. I mean, he may truly not want to be the head coach still. He may still be in that mind. You know, that mindset where, you know what, I like being around these kids. I don't need all that responsibility. By the way, I got enough money already in the bank from where I was for all yeah. those years. I've got a couple homes. But to leave Austin, Texas, and, you know, and still be a part of this, I don't know. It, it, it all depends. I mean, people can throw a lot of money at you, but it may not always be about the money with somebody like Gary. Well, you may not want that kind of responsibility. No, and I mean, you also got to remember, he may be watching what TCU's doing and having mixed feelings about a lot of kids he recruited going on to play for a national championship when he's not there. So we don't even know how he's going to feel about that, if that's going to make him want to come back more or come back less. Just be like, man, right. I, I, it, like, that's a big deal. That These are all the kids. I recruited all these kids pretty much, and they're now number four in the nation. They could be going to play for a title. 
Yeah, but, but the the money that they these head coaches get now, the contracts are so. If if you're not if if you're about the money, and you're about being in, and being in charge at 62 years old, yep. and you're expect you're so you got to expect yourself to be coaching for at least five years, even though they fire you in two and three and everything else. But your expectations are you're going to be a head coach, you know, to your 60 to your my age. So it's yeah, <laughs> it's almost one of those things like, do I want to do that? How much money do I need? Am I with my two houses and living in Austin and still being around these young players like this, still having a hand in success, or do I have to be the head guy? Do I have to be the head guy? Is that money that important to me, or am I the guitar playing? I like Sixth Street. I like the music. Yeah, someone capital. just gave him a record deal. We'll keep it. Just give him a record deal. Let him write some songs. Right. Come on yeah. now. Yeah, you can keep him around here. <laughs> Patrick will play him on five one two Fridays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Patrick will look out for and him. Then again, sixty two. You're still a young man, and money still. You know, you've you've got to plan for the. Yeah. Kind of still keep planning for the future. I guess I. I don't know. Or for the people around your family that's, that you that's might true. be able to take care of. But your heart has to be in the game. You definitely have to be in the game. But from what I hear, he's having he's enjoying the time of being able to leave when he wants to. You're still right. be a part of it. You're still you worried about alums. You don't have to do all the stuff. You no. can go and hang out and not have to do the stuff that most of these coaches have, have to do, especially here at the University of Texas. Yeah, that dude we has understand. banked a lot of money. He's yes, been around he for a long time. And he also has a, a statue of himself up, up at That's TCU. True. He's done a lot. He's done a lot. And I appreciate the fact that he decided to come here, as you brought up, his uh, wife is an alum His here. wife was, she, what, what, was she, here with you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a Texas angel when I was here. She Showed Ricky around and all the all the all the guys around. She was wonderful. Yeah, and that's the beautiful part about it. And and I think he's done a great job. But you know, as we look at this weekend and what's what's to be expected, the I don't moment, like Baylor. I hate Baylor. I know. Well, you know how much I you know how much I despise that. <laughs> One of my most embarrassing coaching moments when I ran out on the field when I what was the name? Reedy was the head coach because I was about to give them a give him a, a earful. Really? And I ran out and I slipped. Oh no! No, and there was a penalty, and the tur- it wasn't on me, but it was a you know the game didn't end. There was still one more play, and I was ready to go out and just give him a whole earful over oh, one no. of their. And I went right on my ass and my back, probably why I hurt my back. And the players looked at me like, "Damn, you just can't wait to get out there." Told Chuck, <laughs> "You was about to go. Oh, I was put about that to, work in. Oh, I was about to put that work in. I love beating them. My man Buck was about. I used to, to wear. I used to. I used to put a teddy bear in my pants in front of my pants during Baylor week." And have this little teddy bear and gazer, you know, it would, the head would be sticking out of there. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't like them. You're, I didn't, I didn't like not a big, You're not a big fan no. of the Baylor Bears. I was, I was more of a Texas Tech fan than anything. Really? Yeah, I didn't mind. I didn't mind going to Lubbock and having them throw two t- tortillas at Ricky. Wow. He, Ricky took a, took a couple bites out of one. I was there, but I was living in Lubbock at the time when y'all came in, and people were throwing those those, oh. those out there. But Rick was sitting there, never took his helmet off. He never, never take, took his oh, helmet no, off. Never took his helmet, never off. Took his helmet Dude, off. He but. took one of those things and put it in his mouth and took a bite. I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? It was Ricky Williams versus Ricky Williams. That's right. At that time at Texas Tech. And I was I was living there during that time. But before we get to uh, – the uh, Hard Knocks life here. We will be list. We'll be what talking you got to anyway. What do you got going on? We got Dripping Springs volleyball state champion head coach Michael Kane will nice. be joining us, and we're going to talk about that. But I want to get before we let you go today. Uh, we'll probably do that in the off the record. I want to talk to you about your senior moment when your uh, last game 
and how you will never, ever forget that. Oh. We'll get into that, all that and more. We'll be back with the Hard Knocks Life and Dripping Springs volleyball coach Michael Kane will be joining us. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow the vacationing Rod Babers at Rod Babers. You can cyberstalk him as, as always. You can follow the man that's behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. You can hit us up on the Specs text line 512 337 3776. And we got our man Bucky Gobble. You can follow me at Just Follow My Life. That's all. I'll let you know about my, what my life is. I was going to give. Follow me on nothing. I was going to say, I was going to give out Bucky's no, uh, Twitter I'm, handle. Bucky says he never checks his Twitter handle. I tag him on stuff. He never gets back to me. CB, I'll let you know. I got, I got off about four years ago. Some people had said some stuff that got way too personal for me, and I said, you know what? It's the I don't. I don't need this. You don't really know me. I'll let you know me. I'll tell you the stories that you need to know about me. That's right. Don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't contact make up Bucky stuff. if you have his phone number. Yeah, that's yeah. the only way you can contact You can text Bucky. me anytime. You, if you got my phone number, you can text me anytime of the day or morning that you want. I'll get back to you. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, he is now known as the 6A state champion of volleyball of the Dripping Springs uh, Tigers he is one head coach, Michael Kang. Coach, how does that feel to be called a state champion as of today? I'm, I'm still. Uh, thank you for having us on, and I'm, I'm still kind of walking on clouds. It's a, kind of a surreal, surreal experience, and I'm super excited uh, for the girls and to, for them to get this opportunity to, to, to take care of business up in Dallas. You know, my it's been fantastic. It's been a fantastic year, but you have built that program. That program has been building. This isn't just a one-year deal that just happened to you guys this year winning a state championship. This is a, a program that during in 5A has been building for this. You guys have worked very hard over the last five or six years in order to get to this spot, correct? Oh, uh, Bucky, I, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for a, for a coach or a player, uh, to be at the state tournament is is uh, a lifetime lifelong dream, and uh, we've been so blessed in Dripping Springs. This is our sixth sixth time in the last ten years that we've been in the Final Four. Uh, we won it in 2015 in 5A, and you know I've been asked a lot of questions regarding what would be the biggest jump from 5A to 6A, and and the reality is these kids have been competing against the top echelon of 6A and 5A teams in the state for the last decade. So for us, it was. You know, business as usual, so to speak. But you know, it's always it's always nice to prove people that success is success, and the top teams in the state can be five A, six A, and there's some amazing teams in four A as well. I mean, uh, I'm just super proud. And for us, it's it's a, a cool experience. You've got kids that from all of the former um, state tournament appearance players showed up to watch the game and the Stephen Hunters of Texas. It's, it's a it's a family, and it's certainly been a uh, a platform that's been out there for the last decade for sure. 
Coach, we wanted to, you know, obviously congratulations on that, the success. You've been building for it. You've, you've been around the game for quite some time, whether it's through your Austin Performance uh, Volleyball Club. And then also you've got a lot of young players. I'll get into the older players in just a second. But talk about some of the younger players that came in and automatically had an impact in the situation where you're playing for a state championship for the first time ever at 6A. Yeah, this was a kind of a, a, a kind of a cool combination of, of some really talented older players who are committed to play at the next level. And in conjunction with them, we, we have the blessing of having some young kids. Um, uh, you've got a sophomore, Ashley Houston, that starts for us in the middle as a middle blocker. You've got a, a, a sophomore in Riley Certain who starts for us uh, on the right side. And, and then we've got two freshmen that actually start. One was our setter, uh, City, one of our setters, Sydney Lund, and then you know, uh, we've got this other freshman that a lot of people are pretty excited about. She's probably one of the top recruits in the country in her age group, and her name's Henley Anderson, and she's just, you know, taking the state by storm. A lot of people six are, foot four. Uh, she's a uh, she's a special kid. There's no question, and so they make you look good for sure. But, um, <laughs> they've had some great leadership with the upperclassmen to to you know mix in with those younger kids who are obviously uber talented, but. It's it's been quite the run for sure. You know, Coach, t- tell us about uh, the the family of in, in the area of Dripping Springs. I live in Dripping Springs now, uh, and yeah, Bucky's and, part of your community, big part of it, <laughs> and and I'm very happy about it. You know, I never got a chance myself. I coached college, you know, but I, I never coached high school, and I was in, you know, I was thinking in my mind after doing broadcasts for for Lake Travis football over the last five years, I'm thinking, boy, I, I'm, I've really missed out. And in the state of Texas, and the and the family that it's all about. Tell us about parents and the involvement uh, of your volleyball, your your family, the whole family that's involved in not only just the the football part of it, but the volleyball part of it, and families. For sure. I mean, at the end of the day, that's probably one of the underlining themes of the program. I mean, I'm I'm personally have a, an amazing wife, uh, Kaylee, who's actually a coach as well. I've, I've had my brother. A lot of people know used to be Thomas Kane, who used to be. Uh, my assistant for a little bit. Now he's the head coach of Buda Johnson. And, you know, when you, at my, on a personal level, all my family at, at the games, uh, you know, my parents are always at every game. They're at the state tournament. My sister-in-law, Allison, everybody, Michelle, my whole family's there. So I think it transcends into how I've kind of raised the program. Mm-hmm. And with the, with the parents out in the community of Drippy Springs, they've just they've got on board, they've celebrated, you know, every little thing. They've trusted me with kids and again the biggest um i guess sense of success in building a family uh, as i mentioned earlier you know along the way the former players who come back uh, when we won the regional tournament to get to the final four some seniors from their class the previous class bought breakfast tacos for the kids for the 7 a.m practice they had the next day um former players at the state tournament just there to watch uh, making the trip in 2020 when we went the state semifinals and that was COVID year we played in Houston several of the state champion team kids from 2015 made the drive up to it's just a, out to the game to me that's the biggest sense of, of uh, success when you have kids that buy into your program that want to be a part of it and the Dripping Springs community is has followed suit with all of that you know they've they've supported us 100% they've they're fully invested uh, as I, a lot of people as you know as a coach you're only uh, judged on, on your last win, so to speak. And, and uh, my parents have been through us and supportive of, of us 
through thick and thin. You know, we took a couple lumps earlier in the year, but I knew that was to be expected with some of the youth in key positions, and, and we just grew every day and never doubted what we were going to be able to do. We're talking to the head coach of the Dripping Springs Tigers volleyball team, the 2022 UIL 6A state champion, uh, Coach Michael Kane. And, Coach, let's talk about your MVP, Mackenzie Plante. She was a senior outside hitter, and she signed to go to uh, Tennessee, and she was the MVP of the state championship game. Talk about her for coming up in the program as a freshman and to where she is now. And is that something you've talked about everyone coming back and, and giving back? Is that something that she benefited from as she came up through the program? Yeah, I mean, McKenzie is a, is a special kid. Um, you know, it's a lot of times when you have these superstars or these kids that are big-time recruits. Um, high school coaches a lot of times across the state will say, Sometimes these kids are tough to coach because they might feel as if they've, they know where, you know, they know a lot more than you do, or they're maybe not receptive, or they're already checked out, ready to move on. Mackenzie, coincidentally, is going to be graduating early and heading to uh, Knoxville to, to play, uh, start practicing with the team in January. So, you know, a lot of people could think that this young lady is, has already moved on, but the reality is she was fully invested in the, in the program. She actually came to us as a sophomore, and she's just take, taking the, the town by storm and, and made a presence known immediately. You know, we went to the state tournament, as I mentioned before, in, in the 2020 in her sophomore year and missed out on uh, our junior year. We lost in the regional finals. And, and she's just been a just a, cons- a constant uh, on the team, more so um, not just a player but as a leader. Um, she's had a heck of a year. She actually was named to the TVCA All-Star Game over the summer, um, and wound up, which is the best of the best in the state, and was the MVP of that All-Star Game. I mean, she doesn't ever walk on the court and you don't know where she's at, you know. But, again, a humble kid, hardworking kid. And, and, uh, and again, I think she certainly brought in a kid like Henley who's, who's destined for stardom and is one of the most recruited kids in the country right now and, and kind of talked to her about how to, how to conduct business on a day-to-day basis, whether it be through practice or through games, your mental fortitude through, you know, trials and tribulations of the game. She's just been a really, really good asset to the program and certainly – Super proud of that kid. How, how Michael, have you? This is uh, now that you've won a state championship. Now, have you looked in the mirror and said, "Damn, they're all going to be coming after me now next year." <laughs> I mean, every time, every time we play this game, somebody else is yeah. going to try to dethrone us, even in the regular season. I mean, you've had to grow through all of this too. I mean, it's it's kind of sobering when you look in the mirror and say, "Everybody's after us now." It is. It is, and and I think that's because we've been fortunate to have been successful in the last decade. Mm-hmm. I feel like we get that from everybody. People get amped up to play against you. Um, you know, we'll be early, like, as you mentioned, we'll be in the early preseason and, you know, someone beats you and they celebrate like they won the national championship. And I, and I make my kids sit there and, and wear that, you know, I want them to look at that and say, this is what it means to them to beat you. And you got to know that everybody's going to act like that because you're, you're the, you're the pinnacle of where they want to be. Right. And they're trying to set down. And so, uh, anytime I see teams that celebrate excessively after beating us, I, I make my kids stand there and, and stare at it because I want them to understand that, you know, for everybody else, you're the feather in the cap. For us, you know, we I say sadly, sadly our, our expectations are to win a state championship because we've been fortunate to do so. To even utter the fact that that's a, a goal consistently is, is slightly embarrassing just because one time in a lifetime is, is – coach's dream and, and for us to have gone to the state tournament six times and to have won it twice is, is ridiculous to be honest but it's uh it's become the norm and uh 
and I'm proud of the girls for how they handle it. Coach, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you two things. Number one, I know that y'all are all going to be out supporting the Dripping Springs football team coming up this weekend, but I also wanted to ask you, when is the parade, and how can we get invited to that thing? Hey, we will. We we're gonna set that up, and, and we'll get you invited. I know. It, unfortunately for us, our state championship hits right at the right at the beginning of Thanksgiving, so we're still trying to set, uh, let the dust settle. But we'll definitely let you guys um, uh, get you guys the invite. And absolutely I'm super excited about those football guys. You know, Coach Z's done a great job with with the football program. You know, a lot. What a statement, I think, for the Dripping Springs High School to begin with, you know, to, to start off the season. And we had a pretty uh, had a great successful run with the uh, tennis program. Our cross-country kids had some kids at the state tournament. Uh, your volleyball team wins the state championship, and your football team is just running through the playoffs right now and having a, just, a, 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 just an amazing season thus far. And that's a, that's a pretty daggering good start to 6A uh, athletics for, for Dripping Springs for sure. So there's a lot of buzz in Dripping Springs, that's for sure. And y'all let Bucky be part of y'all's Heck community. Yeah. How about that? There How about we'll that? Let, we'll, let him, we'll let him lead the charge. I'm there you go. Uh, he will I definitely get, be at the I front of that parade. I want to get anybody to get – Bucky on a golf course. That's what I'm there looking for. There you go. Hey, you know he's ready for that. He'll take that anytime. Coach, for I sure. want to thank you for the time and congratulations. And I know that Zach Lucero is a big fan, as is Snoop Daniel and the whole Flex yeah. crew. So continue to continued success, and we can't wait to see what you have next year. Coach, have a great yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I, and just real quick, I want to make sure I say thanks to all those guys that you know, the Flex Austin. You guys are the the attention that you guys have given to volleyball. It's one of the the fastest and largest growing sports in the state and in the country, quite frankly. And the fact that you guys are, I know it's an exciting time for the Texas Baylor game and hook them tomorrow for sure. But for y'all to take some time out for the volleyball uh, world is, is humbling. And I really appreciate you guys and the guys that flex Austin are amazing. So thank you guys. Thank them for that. Enjoy no your Thanksgiving coach. Appreciate and, it. And, and Bucky and I are fathers who had kids that played athletics. And if you can have a chance to spotlight some of these kids and the local people, absolutely, that's what it's all about. So keep up the great work. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you guys again. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Man, that's unbelievable. Congratulations to the Dripping Springs community as they continue to take over. I'm not going to say take over all the way, but the volleyball team did, and they won a state championship. Oh, they've been so cranking it they've up been in cranking it up they've, been, there. they've been getting it going now. And that's what it's all about. We'll be back with uh, Bucky's story about his senior day, and I want to get his thoughts on some of these other seniors that will be leaving the University of Texas. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Mega doo doo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations, continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! Welcome back to a uh, 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. And this is a different off the record because we have our man Bucky Gobbo, former coach at the Texas for the Texas Longhorns. And you hear him every Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. with the, the other half of B and E. 
my man Bucky Gabo. And Bucky, you talked about it. Uh, Friday will be senior day for the University of Texas. Absolutely. And a lot of players are going to take that walk for the last time. Some will probably come back. They may have multiple uh, senior days. We've seen that happen, too. But you talked about your last game as a senior at uh, Boston College and what it was like, and you ended up losing that game. Yes, you did. But not necessarily about the loss, but what was it like when you took the field knowing that that was the last time you were going to play for Boston College? Well, I mean, when I was a player there, I never went to a – I mean, I never went to a bowl game. Now, as a coach, I went to a bowl game every year that I coached football. I've never been – That's a beautiful thing right there. I've never been out of a year that I didn't go to a bowl, but as a player, I never went to a bowl, so I knew there was no bowl after the game. And, uh, you know – Back in those days at Boston College, we, our rivalry at the end of the year was Holy Cross. We weren't playing. You know, we played Texas like three times during my career as a player. But, you know, the ending game was against the other Catholic school uh, in Worcester, Mass, and Holy Cross. And uh, two weeks before that, my quarterback had got kicked off the team for, well, drinking snops and getting drunk and coming to practice. Where that guy threw a 60-yard pass and hit a dude on the track. He said, watch me hit this dude. I'm like, there's no way, you drunk fool. He threw that thing, hit the guy right in the back of the head. And they eventually carted him off the field. So I remember being there, and I remember banners that said, hey, there was, they had that picture of my quarterback throwing me a six-pack. Catch this, Buck. Catch this six-pack. And we lost that game. And that feeling of losing in your last game, and I was okay. I was an okay wide receiver. You know, I, I went as a free agent to the New York football giants and, you know, Got cut the last at four o'clock of the last cut day. And they, Ooh, wow! The Turk came and got me. Got my playbook and the whole works. But uh, it was just it was just a sad, sad feeling. I mean, when you put that uniform on, and for these guys, you put that uniform. Some of them will put it on for the last time, except for this team will go to a bowl game. But the last time at your at your home place, you know right. that locker room, uh, being around your teammates for the last time at home. That is that's a big deal. Deal. You put a lot into. Guys put an awful lot into football as you do everything else that you, you know, your blood, sweat, and, and tears into. And it doesn't matter what it is, what sport it is. But on that final time when you may not play that game again, it is you want to go out with a bang. And guys can make that con- confusing. I lost that game. And I never, I never forgot the way that felt on, on losing. So you want to go, go on a good note. But one of the reasons that we lost that game, guys on their last game wanted to play outside of the box of how we played the game throughout the course of the, of the football season. And you don't want that to happen to you. You don't want to go out uh, as a Texas football player thinking that, oh, this is my last game. I'm going to do something that I want to do in my last game. Mm-hmm. You know, all the stuff that the coaches have been telling you, I'm going to do it my way on this particular day because I don't have to worry about it again. I don't have to worry about getting screamed at by the coach or whatever it, whatever it is. So you want, to, you want to make sure that the things you came into this game doing, you want to leave doing and you want to do it the right way. And you want to go out with that sweet taste of victory and not that sour taste that I got. Uh, on that final time that I got an opportunity to play for my university. And uh, for this place, this place, I talk more about Texas. I went to school in Boston, but uh, this is a place that I always wanted to be. My family has been here. I raised my kids in this city and been a part of this university and still feel like this is this is my university right now. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to see the guys go out, and especially to Baylor. I, I No. Because you hate I don't Baylor. like Baylor. I don't like Baylor at all. I don't want to see them go out on a bad note, especially what I think way this team has started to to get it. Uh, right. I, I think they get it. I think this football coach gets it. Uh, you don't recruit at the level of the kind of guys that he's recruiting right now. If if you don't have rapport with players and families and and be a part of it, and these families have, have brought Sark and his staff into to their lives, and I think they will continue to do that because I still believe this. If you keep getting the talent – 
eventually the talent will outweigh your coaching. Right. No matter, you know, no matter, because every Monday you come up and always say, when you lose, it's my fault. Well, eventually the talent, you're not going to have to come up there to the podium anymore because your talent's going to be so good, it's going to outweigh some of the bad things that you do as a coach. Yeah. You know, I think they're on the road to that. And I, and I, I hope continued success for, for this group. And I, I can see that they're learning some stuff from these coaches, from these different position right. coaches. I, you can just tell that. But your leader has to be the leader. And, you know, Steve, is the, he is the leader. Yep. So no matter what, once again, his job is not to worry about B. John Robinson's future in the NFL. His job is to win while he has B. John Robinson, you know, in his fold. Yes. And if he has to give it to him 37 times to win that <laughs> final game, give it to him 37 times. Please. He's, re- he's resilient. He'll bounce, believe me, in two weeks or a week, he'll, be, he'll bounce right back like he never played in that game. Like nothing ever bothered him. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, he'll right be there. in the ice tub and the whirlpool. Nothing. Oh, I carried it 37. Are you sure? Because I could have carried it 47 if <laughs> right, I needed to. Right. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And, but, and thank you guys for having me today. I appreciate it. And for you guys, have a really. And for you folks out there, keep your head on a swivel. That's right. Know your surroundings still. We're, we're coming into the holiday season and you want to have such a good time and you want to enjoy yourselves. Uh, for some, it's been a hard. It's been a hard couple years, and this year has been especially hard on on others. Uh, listen, keep your head on a swivel. Know your surroundings, and for all you little criminals that are going out there, going into people's mailboxes and all that stuff, I got my eye out. But you can't. Buck, you can't get to mine. <laughs> Buck's got that <laughs> eye out for springs. you. Oh, don't do it in my neighborhood. <laughs> don't come up in my neighborhood. <laughs> there he is, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Bucky Gabo. Bucky, as always, man, we thank you for your time. We appreciate the great work that you do every single morning, and you are a beacon to other people. But I am with Zay. You definitely do not need to be the brown Santa. For Austin, Texas, we need to let that go. But you're not the Brown Santa man. I, I am. Nope, nope. It's hey. What do he say? You're a buck oh five, but you can't. <laughs> you can't, you can't, can't stuff stuff into my belly. You can't do year. that. You were talking about stuffing that bear in your pants. Yeah, that still is not enough. That's you not are enough. not the bear. No. You did a great job doing it. And as always, man, we thank you for taking the time thank with you us. Guys. You guys and have keep up safe. the great work and happy holidays and enjoy your Thanksgiving solo. Yeah, me your animals. Yeah, me and the animals. This is Animal House now. Yeah, no, no doubt. We'll be back, and we'll be at the top of the hour. We're going to talk a little bit of the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York football giants and what we expect this week. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.